My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 191. We are live for WWE Survivor Series 2018. We are bringing you the live kickoff here on the WNR. Before we do anything, though, let's start with the alternate intro. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. They're the modern Stone Age family. From the town of Bedrock, they're a page right out of history. Let's ride with the family down the street through the courtesy of Fresh Feet. When you're with the Flintstones, have a yabba dabba do time, a dabba do time. We'll have a gay old time. Mark Tardis. There you go. So that was the alternate intro. And that was for a very special someone who was our number one listener here on the WNL podcast. But Dan, before we start this show proper, I mean, what a night takeover was last night. It was an absolutely epic takeover event. Um, I, I suppose I'm a lot happier about it than you are because I like I enjoyed the matches a lot more than you did. You didn't really kind of get into it, but we still had a very good night. Yeah, I and mean, we'll find out what happened at the takeover event when we release the podcast next find that out. Of course, we had a live kickoff. Just like to thank everybody, every listener and every person that tuned in last night, Dan. Do you want to tell everybody? Well, the incredible reaction we got yesterday, wasn't it, really? Yeah, well, just on SoundCloud alone, we had 20,000 listeners. So yeah. that was, yeah, epic. Thank you very much. Yeah, so thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened to us live, who are tuning in tonight, because sometimes the W Network kickoff can be a little bit, say, boring, but that is not what we do here on the WNR. Tonight, we are live and on, and we have got... We've got some new content. We've got 205 Live. Live news. We've got Raw and Smackdown Review. We've got the shout-outs. The games including Dead or Alive. Elephant or F1. And plus, we run through the card. But we're going to start things off with the latest WWE Network collection. All right, so new collections on the WWE Network for November. First up is Sasha Banks, the legit boss. Join Sasha Banks for an exclusive sit-down interview and relive her epic journey from groundbreaking days in NXT to make it an impactful statement on the W main roster. Whether main event in the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match or topping barriers in Abu Dhabi, Sasha continues to prove the sky's the limit. Watches a legit boss fiercely battled rivals such as Charlotte Fair, Bailey, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, and many more. You can take this collection straight to the bank. And I mean, we've seen a couple of cracking, well, I mean, more than a couple of cracking Sasha Bank matches. 
My pick would probably be uh, NXT Brooklyn, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. That's a match I still remember watching to this day, Dan. You know, what about you? Yeah, uh, well, she's got a fair few great matches. Um, I don't know, probably the Elimination Chamber for me. I think, you know, all the women in that deserve prompts for the match. And again, you know, it's uh, breaking ground. Yeah, and it really is. The Sasha Banks is one of the leads that needs to be highlighted. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of Sasha Banks. It's great that she actually got her own collection now on the WWE Network. Uh, up next, we've got Rey Mysterio, the biggest little man. Jump off the top rope into the high-flying, fast-paced world of Mysterio with this action-packed WWE Network collection. Witness the master of the 619's unlikely journey through ECW, WCW and WWE, where he proved it doesn't matter. Along the way, the biggest little man created unforgettable moments as he battled Hall of Famers such as Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle and the late, great Eddie Guerrero. And the Lucha Libre legend showed he has what it takes to stand tall against imposing opponents like The Undertaker, Big Show and John Cena. The man behind the mask is revealed in this extraordinary collection. Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, talk about uh, such banks. I was a huge fan of Rey Mysterio. I think one of the most kind of under-wrestlers, I would say, in the past 20 years when you look at his kind of collection, you know, his, his kind of line-up of his work. The fact that you can go for easy WWE and WWE to see his stuff, you know. Like his matches against Psychosis and ECW back in the day were taken to the extreme. It was extreme Lucha Libre, you know. And the stuff in WSW that we've seen most of it now, you know, cracking matches against Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc 1997. What would be your uh, time of Mysterio, Dan? Uh, I'm I'm quite liking his early stuff. Too keen on his underdog status in WWE, but I think his early stuff when he was in the Cruiserweight division in WCW, I think that was, you know, it was just Rey Mysterio... Esque. Yeah, and I think when he debuted in 2002 in WWE, he did change, he break a lot of barriers because of just his size and how exciting he was. The cracking match against Kurt Angle at SummerSlam 2002, yeah, kicked off the pay-per-view and it was, it, was, it was fantastic. And teaming up with Edge as well in that year against, you know, the other two, Los Guerreros and Benoit and uh, Kurt Angle. So it's well worth going in and watching that collection. But coming in December, we've got WWE Match of the Year. And NWO Collection, which should be pretty much what we've covered on a podcast. Yeah, and it shouldn't be, Dan, just for December. It should be for life on the, the NWO one. Of course, it's all about Match of the Year. Next month for the WNR podcast, we'll give you our year-end awards that we do every single year. And, of course, we'll have a year-end predictions in the New Year special that we do. But on to new content. Matt Hardy appeared on the latest episode of Sean Waltman's X-Pac 12360 podcast, which is... What, the seventh best podcast going? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Hardy confirmed wife Rebby Hardy's recent Twitter comments on another House Hardy special being filmed for the WWE Network at the Hardy Compound in North Carolina. Yeah, you will definitely see, be seeing more episodes of the House Hardy on the WWE Network, Matt said. We're going to see more. It's going to be happening moving forward because the Halloween episode was such a success. They actually told me at the network that they had never gotten that much positive feedback on one of their specials. I wanted to do something that was more character-driven and add longevity and add length to my career. As noted, the new one-hour WWE Chronicle episode on Dean Ambrose will premiere on the WWE Network after WWE NXT TakeOver War Games went off the air yesterday. Well, the WWE Network original series W365 will air its second episode tonight following Survivor Series on November 18th. And AJ Styles was a subject for episode two. Two. Each episode takes a full year to compete as... WWE cameras follow whoever is a subject for the 365 days documenting the highs and lows of being a WWE superstar. 
Styles recently completed a full year as WWE champion, one of very few who has managed to do it. Well, the first superstar to be featured at W365 last year was Kevin Owens. We will be airing a Starcade special next Sunday, November the 25th at 8pm. The one-hour special will feature some of the matches that will take place. Yeah, for the second straight years, WWE has decided to bring back Starcade for a special Drew-branded live event. It takes place Saturday, November 24th from Cincinnati, Ohio at the US Bank Arena. The arena website is advertising the following matches. We've got a street fight Intercontinental title. That's Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. The WWE United States title match, which is Rey Mysterio versus Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. SmackDown tag team title match, The New Day versus The Bar. Steel Cage match, Samojo versus AJ Styles. We've got Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. We've got Finn Balor going against my man Drew McIntyre. We've got L- Rusev with Lana going against The Miz. And Elias performs a special concert with WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair. And of course, that will be on the WWE Network in a condensed just one hour special. That sounds quite quite a good card, actually. That's yeah, not bad, is it? It's a shame. Maybe if it's a success, they might have the full event uh, next year. But let's not forget the premier event of the National Wrestling Alliance. And later, WWE Starcade got its start in Greensboro on Thanksgiving 1983 with a star-studded lineup. Starcade remained in Greensboro through 1986 and was a stage on which legendary performers like Dusty Rhodes, The Four Horsemen, Magnum TA, The Rock and Roll Express, and many more etched their names into sports entertainment history. As the calendar turned to the 90s, a new generation of competitors emerged to take the Starcade spotlight like Sting, Vader and the NWO. The last edition of Starcade under the WCW banner took place in December 2000. So now, Dan, let's see what's on our watch list. So my question for you now, Dan, is what is on your watch list? What have you been watching recently on the WWE Network? I haven't been watching things on the network. I've been on Amazon Prime. And I went and had a look through there. I know we are the WWE Network Review Podcast, and I apologise for that, but we are opening our barriers and going on to uh, the Amazon Prime podcast. But there is an interesting thing I stumbled upon, and it is Wrestling Superstars. And it is 14 episodes, and it goes through the best moments and classic wrestling stars ever. Um, The episodes are Cactus Jack... You've got Dustin Rhodes, you've got Greg Hammer Valentine, Jeff Jarrett, and that's J E double F J A double R E double T. You've got Jerry the King Lawler, you've got Kerry Von Eric, you've got Kevin Sullivan, you've got Mark Callis, who is The Undertaker. You've got The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, woo! Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Steve Austin, Terry Funk, Tito Santana, and Tony Atlas. And, you know, things like the, Aust- uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin one, Paul, he's, he's got a match against The Punisher, who, of course, under the hood is. The Undertaker. Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's a match that I don't think has featured on the WWE Network, but it might come up in Hidden Gems somewhere across the lines. But it's, you know, it is interesting to see what goes on outside of WWE. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and, and we've seen stuff on there. There's a couple of great uh, Netflix documentaries about uh, wrestling, of course, the glow stuff. That's available there. And, of course, that will be coming up. We'll talk about stuff that was on ITV in the UK. And, of course, that's uh, broadcast on Free Sports on Sky now as well. So we are broadening horizons a little bit while still trying to be the WNR podcast. The problem is there's so much wrestling in the world, you try and get everything. But uh, going back to the W Network View <laughs> watch list, even, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. Like you talk about, hidden gems have been involved. And uh, there's always a few cracking uh, little extras on there, like uh, Degenerates of New York, which was the 15th of November 1997. That was Shawn Michaels and Triple H teaming up against Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. 
at Madison Square Garden. Uh, we talked about House Hardy Halloween. Uh, we both watched it. That was the 28th of October 2018 that came out. I mean, the start was weird, wasn't it, to get into it? it was... Well, when he was sending the invites out to all his pets and he ended up having a fight with a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Delivering it to, like, um, a giraffe. I can't yeah. remember what the giraffe's name was now. Uh, I don't know, yeah, but at least the giraffe took it and um, invited everybody to a Halloween ball that he had scheduled. And there was a thing with the drones as well, wasn't it? The, the drones. Did they get together in it? I think they did. Well, a drone went to scan the perimeter. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the drone found a female drone and it looked like they fell in love. Yeah, that no, was nice. But then it went to Halloween Ball and uh, Matt Hardy was saying that someone was after him and his uh, famous sword that he's got. Uh, but he wondered who it was and it ended up being a hurricane under this mystery hooded figure had the control of Hurricane, uh, who was then going to try and get Matt Hardy. Luckily, the Godfather has shown up. He was part of the party alongside like the Boogeyman and people like this. He jumped into the later reincarnation after Jeff Hardy had come back as Papa Shango, which is a great pull that I love. Papa Shango is one of my favourite characters of the early 90s, and uh, thanks to his uh, witchcraftery, he managed to banish uh, Hurricane away. He's still captured. And like I said, there's still going to be more House of Hardy. It was kind of unlike anything I'd ever seen on the WWE Network before. But that's why I kind of liked it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but it is, you know, kind of Matt Hardy-esque. You know, he's still staying in character. And I think it's great that he's still doing things after his unfortunate end to his career. Uh, a couple of things we might not have mentioned. The 25th of October wrote to WWE Evolution. Of course, we had the Evolution pay-per-view, which was fantastic. And that Rey Mysterio collection, Illegal Tactics, 27th of July, 2003. The world's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, against Mysterio and Billy Kidman. That, in itself, at Vengeance, is a fucking cracking match. And Billy Kidman nearly breaks his neck in one of those. A couple of ride-alongs came along. It was Show on the Road which was the 5th of November, and that was Dream McIntyre with Dolph Ziggler, Corey Graves, Nia Jax, and Renee Young. And i tell you something, these programs are getting kind of more and more enjoyable, really. Only 20 minutes, but you get to hear the stories between, um, you know, especially McIntyre saying that he's so focused now and he wants to get the job done, and then he start moaning about food. But Renee Young seemed quite funny and had quite a nice relationship with Corey Graves. Again, it is worthwhile because it's only 20 minutes and it is quite good. And we also had another uh, W ride along as well. Yeah, well, that was basically Agent Christian, and they were on the road again filming their latest season of their hit shows. Uh, meanwhile, the Riot Squad's Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and uh, Liv Morgan. And Liv Morgan was driving, and by all accounts, she's not a very good driver, James. No, she wasn't at all. You know, a couple of problems there. And Sarah Logan was eating meat in the back and just farting. Uh, but Agent Christian was saying they didn't like each other. But I actually saw a clip of uh, Sarah Logan in the back, and you see the face that Sarah Logan pulls out as she's just farted. And both Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan's expressions changed as they obviously got wind of Sarah Logan's yes, um, breaking off. Yes, that was it. So that was Ride Along. That was the EC Expressway, November the 12th, 2018. Uh, a lot of stuff kind of get added. I'd like to talk about the hidden gems as well. Uh, we had a couple of really nice hidden gems added recently. I couldn't believe this 25 years ago now. It's WWE Survivor Series, on the road to Survivor Series, basically. Survivor Series Showdown on the road to Survivor Series 1993. Bret Hart versus Yokozuna for the WF Championship. 
again, interesting. But another thing I came across, Dan, and I am going to show you this if I can if I can find it. It is possibly one of my most favorite things. It's when I watched it. it I tell you what, it reminded me. Right, it reminded me of if Dan made a wrestling show. This is probably what the start of the show would be. All right, I I, I kid you not. Right, okay, so this is October 23rd, 1989. It's the AWA Team Challenge Series. Witness the unreleased home video pilot from the dying days of the AWA as they unreleased this infamous Team Challenge Series, Dan. The start of this is all you, my friend. This is one of the things I think we should just watch and talk over when it's on. Not the advert, the actual program itself. I wish we could commentate on it. Oh, uh, the rock band. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, there's the six women in bikinis. <laughs> women boxing each other. Yep. Yay, yay, yay WA. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, what the fuck is that? All if right? only if that cut in to Mean Gene there sat with a dog. <laughs> Would make it perfect. No, unfortunately, it's Bernard Gagner. But luckily for us, Dan, he's fantastic giving promos. Hi, I'm Vern Gagner, retired after 35 years of professional wrestling. And now we're entering a new era. The AWA is introducing its Team Challenge Series, an ongoing team competition with standings determined by a point system, a first for professional wrestling. That, along with new television technology, brings you, the wrestling fan, directly into that ring. You know, I'm so excited about it, I may come out of retirement one more time. No, I'm only kidding. I hope you really enjoy it. The dog has actually fallen asleep because he's talking. No, I think that dog's dead. <laughs> oh, what a singer. He's so excited about it. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Before we get on to that. Is that fucking Barney? <laughs> Neil yeah. Patrick Harris. It's a zinger, isn't it? It is a zinger. It is a there zinger, yeah. He said it's so exciting. He might come out of retirement for one more match. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm only joking. And now to the kind of the, the gayest pair of, of kind of wrestling announcers. No, sorry. The gayest pair of shell suit wearing <laughs> wrestling announcers. I can't believe. I used to have a shell suit. Yeah, <laughs> that is... Look at the fucking state of the guy on the left. I mean, that's Greg Gagne on your left. Right, even. That's Vern's son. And you can see he's as electric on the promos as his father. And welcome to the brand new AWA. I'm Ralph Strangis, and alongside me is Greg Gagne, a man whose 16 years' experience in the ring is going to provide us with invaluable insight here at the satellite base. In the next 60 minutes, you're going to see the world's greatest wrestlers. You're also going to see the Beverly Hills knockouts. And wait till you see what these ladies do in a ring. Also, hot, new, exciting rock and roll to help us usher in a whole new era in wrestling. Well, Ralph, you know, in all my years of professional wrestling, I've never seen anything like this. For the first time, you fans are going to feel what I felt for 16 years. The arm drags, the body slams, the drop kicks. You're going to see wrestling like you've never seen it before. All right, so hang on, strap in, here we go. We're going to the satellite and our first match. 
Oh, wait until you see what these ladies do in the ring. Stop, stop eating. This is a porno. I am sure of it. Wow, look at this. Look at the crowd going crazy. I mean, look at that. How many people in the crowd there, Dan? Literally millions. Oh, we're sold out here. So, Tom Burton versus Dick Jammer. <laughs> Tommy Jammer, sorry. Brand new <laughs> to the world. Slow motion replay. Never, ever have we seen that before. Look at the crowd going crazy. They're definitely there. They are definitely there. They're behind the camera. Oh, what a slam. Oh, slow motion. Oh. Boom. I can feel myself getting stupid as I watch this. <laughs> Why did the AWA go out of business? I have no idea. All right, let's fast forward Dick Jammer. Tommy Jammer. Tommy Jammer, sorry. Martinez. Tag Team Series. Johnny Valiant looking on, a legend, of course. They're actually pumping in the crowd noise as well. And the camera cuts are so quick, aren't they? They cut to one random fan. Not the Beverly Hills knockout. What's your next? G.I. Joe. Interesting sign that about Sergeant Slaughter. He was a WF fixture, of course, for many years in the early 80s. And then wanted the rest of unionize. Uh, and the rest of basically turned against him. Vince Man fired him. So that's why he had worked for the AWA. He only came back because apparently Hogan wanted him as an opponent for WrestleMania 7. Did you know that Sergeant Slaughter gives follow-backs if you do 20 push-ups? Really? Yeah. Do you want to watch some women's boxing, Dan? Oh, yeah. Look at the size of the ring. Well, it's a short ring. Um, I don't think they're wearing bikinis. So? They're in bras. There's not much to the imagination here. You're going to have to quiet down. I'm worried about you. Oh, well, well, that's standing over me. Why all, the, Sally. why all the girls in <laughs> underwear? Why not? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. Oh, this boxing match has gone too far now. She's not even got a bra on underneath hers. She's got a couple of pointers. She's going to be careful. They're going to fall out in a minute. Stop being careful. This is what I'm watching it for, just for um, historical purposes. I can see what half of these ladies had for breakfast. They're still showing a fake crowd as well. I don't understand. This is what you would do if you had a wrestling promotion, wouldn't it, Dan? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. Yeah, you have a little bit of wrestling, but you just be like... I'll be like, well, have an accidental nip slip during your match. <laughs> He's in a pub somewhere. Well, Sean wins. We all win at that match. What's it all about? What is it all about? It's a tag team challenge. AWO's all been the cusp of new things. Oh, my God. Let's have a look. So, we've got Larry's Legends, 16. Baron's Blitzers on 15. And Sarge... Snipers. Snipers. 13. 13. I thought he was turning around in a circle for a second. It looks like Psycho Sid ripoff. The ruler of the world. Has he only got like three and a half fingers on one hand? Oh, yeah. No, he just... he's. Why would you have your hand movement like that unless he's Vader? He has got three and a half fingers on one hand. No, he oh, hasn't. Best fall. All right, I'll let you off. <laughs> oh, my God. Big man's going top. Diving headbutt. I mean, you don't have to look like a German porn star, <coughs> but it does help if you want to work in the end AWA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got blonde hair and moustache. He's, he's perfect. The Terminator. The Terminator against Slaughter. Well, James, you know what happens with a Terminator. Yep. He'll be back. Sarah Connor. And Sarge wins. Wow, that is fantastic. Can we go and watch the ladies' boxing match again? No, we cannot watch it. Oh, look who Eric is announcing. Bischoff. Bischoff did the announcing. But it's the new AWA. They would last for years. 
I'd say years. They would last for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the world's greatest wrestling show, Dan? I like the opening. <laughs> I like the female boxing. <laughs> I like the super slow-mo. I like the crowd. Uh, and that's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, the effects, another level, really, weren't they? They, they kind of turned it up. I don't think they were on a level. Mm. Yokozuna. Yay, 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 A-W-A. So, what would you rather be doing? Listening to the AWA Tag Challenge or hearing Leo Rush having to talk and Lashley showing your backside on this kickoff, Dan, eh? I mean, it's crazy. It is a no-brainer, really. Well, we get a lot of emails and a lot of uh, questions and messages from, I say, our fans out there. And we're going to go now do shout-outs. So, Dan, why don't you kick us off? Jason Payne. And he says, I really wanted to see AJ hold the title at least until Mania next year. Given his age, I don't see them putting the title on him again. I know he can wrestle circles around the entire roster still. What are your thoughts? Uh, again, you know, AJ Styles, he's a brilliant performer. I think he's still got a title run or two left in him, maybe even a brand switch. Yeah, well, he says AJ Styles, he says WWE also ageist. So, I mean, I don't think that's a, a point to have when it comes to WWE because they still swing out the Untaker and people like that. <laughs> you know, Triple H, well past the sell-by date, so I won't worry about that. Uh, I think AJ Styles will hold the WWE Championship again. I don't know, Dan, what do you reckon? I definitely reckon he will, yeah. Um, you know, even maybe a brand switch, hold the Universal title for a little while as well. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know. I think definitely he would uh, improve if he moved over to Raw. Uh, Uzma says, I hope Rousey turns heel after Shania Basler, Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir interfere in the match, eventually leading to a WWE Four Horsemen versus MMA Four Horsemen match at WrestleMania 35. Well, first off with that, um, it's, would you rather see the four on four or would you rather see Rousey versus Becky Lynch? Because I know what I'd much rather see. Yeah, I would. And I, I fear, especially after we saw TakeOver with the involvement of Jasmine Duke and Shafir, I don't think they're, they could do this thing with Basler maybe for a little while uh, and then have Rousey you know, against Lynch at WrestleMania. And then maybe the following year, if you want to then turn Rousey, have that and have that, actually have the match at Survivor Series as well. Because this is what the event is built for. You know what I mean? It, when it's two teams going to war... I think that works out well. I think we will. We are definitely going to see it down the road where it happens tonight. I I don't know. I don't think I, I see that. You know, but it's a it's a huge match tonight. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the Charlotte Flair round the rounds match later on tonight. Um, yeah, we got Luke Dowie, and he says Heyman turns on Lesnar and recruits Daniel. Oh, I mean, can you see that happening? I don't know. I've, it, I think Daniel Bryan's quite strong enough on the mic to not need a mouthpiece like Heyman. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Rousey doesn't really need him. Uh, and usually it's more of a kind of imposing guys that, you know, someone like Lars Sullivan would maybe than uh, Daniel Bryan. But I, I just think people want to see Heyman turn on Lesnar now, and I just think it's not going to happen anymore. I don't think Lesnar is. Uh, Heyman will turn. On Lesnar, I think it'll just when when Lesnar's not around anymore, Heyman will probably not be around either, and I think that's a shame. But he tried it, didn't he, with Cesaro and Ryback, and that didn't work then, did it? So I don't know if it worked now, yeah. and, and it might uh, not work. And with Curtis Axel as well, Curtis, right back, so. yes, exactly. So I think that's a problem. Craig Gleaves is for the dream match. Uh, well, I, I don't know if he's saying about the the 
first time ever matches we've got tonight. Talk about Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. We've got Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte, which we've touched upon. Of course, Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Out of three, which one are you thinking is the biggest dream match? I think dream match gets overused now, but... I think it does, yeah, but I'd say the Nakamura versus Rollins is probably the dreamiest of dream matches I'll be looking forward to. Yeah, if it's Nakamura that we know and love, I think that's that's the case there for him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just worried that Lesnar will break Brian's neck tonight. I hope he doesn't. We'll, we'll see what happens there. And I think Charlotte versus Rousey is going to be a cracking match as well. Raider Raid said it's going to be Nikki Cross on the SmackDown women's team. <laughs> that is that's a very good shout as well. She's uh, I think she's been seen on SmackDown Live, so you know the the possibility is there. Well, most definitely, you know, and who knows? We've gone. We're going to get a bonus point tonight if we can guess who the woman is in the SmackDowns team, and that's what Raider Raid thinks. Um, didn't catch your name, but who currently should beat Brock and send him away? Loser leaves town. I think AJ because he needs. It and is the biggest star in WWE, nothing in line for WrestleMania. So who should be the man who finally beats Lesnar and gets rid of him in WWE? There's there's quite a few names there that could do it. Um, I know you'll probably be on the, the team of Matt Riddell. <laughs> Matt Riddell, yeah. Well, I suppose I think a bit closer to home, maybe the man who finally stops Spot Lesnar. But yeah, um, there's oh, I don't know. I'd like to see. Uh, Zach Gowan come back and beat Brock Lesnar for after what he done to him when he was stretched out, you know. <laughs> I know what you, think this, you, you know it's going to be Drew McIntyre finally takes out Brock Lesnar. Around yeah, I think you know this. This is the thing that everybody's waiting for. The Kurt Angle storyline leading up to it. I think he'll be the man that finally defeats Brock Lesnar and uh, goes forth and Lesnar can do what he wants. But you was one of Brock Lesnar's big fans and you've kind of called on him a bit now haven't you After yeah, I think yeah I'm sick of his shit to be fair yeah I'm bored of it uh, ever since the Goldberg thing it's just been he's not trying anymore and he, he seriously is going to hurt someone soon as well if he's not careful because he doesn't care and that's the thing yeah well uh, another message from D Weezy I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly uh, I wouldn't mind if they ended up turning the main event into a tag match with Brian and Lesnar going against AJ and Braun. It'd probably be a better fucking match, to be fair, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know I mean? It <laughs> would be, yeah. Well, Brian versus AJ would be a great match, and Lesnar versus Braun, but it's kind of a brand switchy thing. I think it'd be more likely Lesnar and Braun versus AJ and Brian, which would be a gosh <laughs> match, bless them. Yeah, you would feel sorry for the two involved in that, but still, it's quite a good idea. Uh, Jesse Palo says Shinzuki is the best not used wrestler on the blue. I have to go watch old matches in NJPW to see him wrestle. That sucks, and it does indeed suck. Uh, they've misused Nakamura this year, haven't they? We certainly had high hopes for him when I correctly predicted him coming into NXT when James asked me if there was, you know, about Fuck new wrestlers you know, coming in. That's like two and a half years ago. I, I know. Live on that. Um, yeah, he had some very, very good matches in NXT. I haven't seen much of his uh, NJPW stuff, but I've heard it is out of this world. Oh, it really is. You know, matches against AJ Styles. We've talked about this podcast and a lot of other stuff. The kind of cats is not really coming across on SmackDown. There's definitely potential if he puts in a great performance tonight. And maybe he can show everybody what he is indeed about, you know. Um, Phoenix Clowden saying, I'm sick of Survivor Series always the last match when one show finally getting the one victory to win the night 
Just once, I want one show to sweep. This is the year for it. SmackDown has the overall best roster. They should go six for six. That would be awesome. The problem is, that is professional wrestling. If it's a two out of three falls match, usually it's going to go one wall before it goes 2-1. It's like with the Iron Man match as well, it'll be close before the end because it builds excitement anyway. But does it? would it take it away if one... I don't think it would one year, maybe, if, if one did that. I don't think it's going to happen tonight. <laughs> it was SmackDown. <laughs> nah. Um, I, I think SmackDown probably have got the better roster, but it's not being utilised correctly. I think, you know, with uh, the notable absences of AJ Styles and Randy Orton and a few others, you know, that are going to be slipped under the radar, I think it is silly. I, I would like to see... A sweep. That would be quite, you know, a fun night. Again, you know, as you were saying, it kind of takes away from the from the mystery of it, and well, not so much the mystery, but for the uh, like excitement of it. Yeah, but I think most definitely, you know. So uh, the the thing is about the pay for you. Like I said, it is professional wrestling at the end of the day. But then you know there also <laughs> is there also is the thing that they only brag about it for about a week after then they're building up to the next pay per view anyway. Is that any trophy ever won in WWE? He's normally forgotten about. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen the World Cup recently, but I know it's somewhere. Uh, yeah, have you not seen uh, Braun Strowman's green belt no, that no, he I've won at Great Royal Rumble? No, no, no. All no. the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I that got destroyed. What? I, what Matt Hardy destroyed it? No, I think um, didn't. Someone get thrown oh, into McIntyre it. Oh, McIntyre did bang into yeah. it. All right, so it's McIntyre's fault then. That's cool. Yeah. All right, move on to Amanda Tracky. Becky should have beaten Ronda, but Charlotte Flair shouldn't. That just makes as much sense as winning over Brock Lesnar after what Lesnar did to Strowman at Crown Jewel. Come to think of it, I don't even think that Daniel Bryan's neck could hold a trip through another suplex city. If anyone was able to beat Ronda Rousey, it was going to be Charlotte or Oscar when she was in her prime. Well, that was kind of... Spread over two, you know, we got two questions there. We got the Becky should be beating Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair shouldn't, which, you know, that kind of makes sense after Becky's beaten Charlotte Flair, the one that ended Rousey's streak. So, you know, she has got a bit of credibility to her name there. Um, Oscar, I, I think she should have been the one beating Rousey when she was uh, in a hot streak. I think she's kind of called now, but... Are they going to call her off to build her up again? Well, it, we'll see what happens to Oscar. At the first point, like we say, I, 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 usually, I am going to disagree with what, what I usually say here. But sometimes victories, I think victories are important. If you're like a mid-carder or if you're being, going to be a, a, a top guy, you need a lot of victories there to kind of showcase what you're about. It, I'm sick of the time, like uh, the mid-card titles, Intercontinental U.S., you become them, then you lose non-title matches and you just retain during the title matches. It just it takes away from you. So what I, th- I think, in in but in this case with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, it can be like a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing at WrestleMania 13. Because just imagine if Lynch versus Rousey at WrestleMania, Rousey you know, she put it in and, and Lynch doesn't tap out, she like kind of passes out. And then how tough does Lynch then become that she wouldn't give up to Ronda Rousey the fact that you know she her body gave out on her and then much like with Austin and Bret Hart when it happened with you know Austin passing out the fans they respected Lynch even more and knew she was the toughest woman on the planet because she wouldn't and you imagine Rousey in that situation situation what would happen then and Lynch would just become an even bigger face do you know what I mean that's what I, f- I feel with the first point 
Oscar, Oscar, they shouldn't have fucked it with Charlotte Flair. They shouldn't have had Flair. If Flair was going to beat Oscar WrestleMania, she should have had a, um, an unblemished year. But then again, that wouldn't have brought Becky Lynch. And I spoke about that, didn't I? And I said, if it, you know, sometimes you lose one of your favourites in Oscar and we've gained a Becky Lynch. But there is still time to build Oscar. You know, we'll talk about that later on SmackDown uh, summary. Yes, indeed. And, you know, for the Daniel Bryan winning over Brock Lesnar, stranger things have happened. Yeah, it might have happened 10 years ago, but not this Brock Lesnar. They, they ain't the same Brock Lesnar that fought Eddie Guerrero. It's not going to be a match of that. And I'm sorry, but his match with Radio Styles last year wasn't as good as everybody was making out. Just because Lesnar sold a little bit doesn't make it a fucking great match, no matter how good AJ Styles is. Yes, and I, I don't think his neck's going to be able to hold a trip through Suplex City either I think you know he's uh, hopefully we see a turned up Brock Lesnar you know a Brock Lesnar that actually does wrestle a bit yeah because you know we've seen him wrestle a few matches properly and he has managed to do that I doubt we're going to see that Brock Lesnar but it would be an entertain a more entertaining match than just getting hit with six suplexes two two or three F5s and a pinfall victory yeah without a shadow of a doubt I agree with you George Tarver saying, SmackDown clearly has the weak link. Promoter Shane is old and isn't even a damn wrestler. What an... uh, George, Shane is the best in the world. I think you're kind of forgetting that. (laughs) I mean, you know, he won a tournament that he didn't qualify for and that he didn't enter until the final. Uh, Do you know, you might be right there. Um, Look, Shane... I don't know, it, it is probably an ego thing with him. But, I mean, god damn it, Shane McMahon's a likeable, the most likeable man. And yes, he has put himself in positions before where other people wouldn't. But, come on, his his dad gave it to Triple H over him. All he's got now is jumping off 20-foot things and taking a beating, for God's sake. Give it to him. His three sons at ringside just want to see Daddy be a star for once, rather than he also ran in the McMahon family behind Stephanie and Triple H and all their children. Shane hasn't got NXT, God damn it. He's just a fictional character when it comes to SmackDown. He doesn't even run SmackDown. James, James, easy, He's not real. Easy, James. Not. Easy, easy, easy. <sighs> but there we go. Dan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think Shane should be in the match. I think there's uh, a lot more wrestlers that deserve the position. You know, as I mentioned before, you've got the likes of Orton and AJ Styles, which... Seem to be doing nothing. You've got a Dean Ambrose floating around, not doing much as well. You know, it's a sad night for guys that I like. <laughs> uh, that's good. That is a good bit of good news. Uh, that's it for shout-outs. Thank you very much for everybody who got involved and uh, told us what they thought was going to happen at Survivor Series. And then, of course, anything else, you can send us an email, www.podcast.gmail.com. Of course, we give you all the links later on the show. Uh, now it was time for 205 Live, but because we've got so much to cram in, to the show uh we, we've got no time for it on tonight but we will have a podcast celebrating 100 episodes and more uh mustafa ali defended defeated sorry tony niece in episode 101 october 31st to get the opportunity here tonight against buddy murphy but let's play a quick game of naming the cruiserweight champions now because we've watched 100 episodes of 205 live right? we have indeed we yes. have we watched all the cwc as well which was leading up to it 
So I'm going to ask you to name me all the cruiserweight champions. It's not a lot. I think it's eight men. <laughs> men. Now you can either go forwards or, Dan, I know you like to go backwards sometimes. Well, that, that does suit me a bit better going backwards. Um, I'm going to go, well, we've got the current champion, Buddy Murphy. Yes, Buddy Murphy, yep. He beat Cedric Alexander. Yep. Do you want to tell me how long uh, Buddy Murphy's held the, title, held the title for for extra point? 141 days? No, Murphy only held it for uh, 43 plus at the moment. Oh. What about Cedric? Cedric, he held it for uh, about 230? 891. All right, just name All the right. champions for me. I think that'll probably <laughs> yeah. be easier. So we've got Alexander yeah. Murphy. Um, oh, I'm probably going to go back and forth as I remember him, but you've got Enzo. Enzo, yeah, was the guy in the link, yeah. Kalisto. Kalisto, yeah. Neville. No. Neville was one, but that's not the chronological order. But oh. you have named him already, so that was Enzo Amore. Then Neville, yeah, so who was before Neville? Um, who did Neville beat? Well, never held it twice, and he lost to this guy once, but won it back 24 hours later, or or 48 hours later. Lost it at SummerSlam kickoff, won it back on 205 Live. Oh, I can't remember, but you've had TJP yep. and the Brian Kendrick. Yep, so you're missing out two now. You're missing out. The guy that beat Neville, who's still part of 205 Live now, uh, was it's not been wrestling as much recently. He's still a young guy. Can't. Ah! Ah, ah, <laughs> yeah, ah, Akira Tozawa. Yeah. All right, and the last person. So the person who beat Lee Brian Kendrick and lost to Neville, he held it for only he held it for sixty-one days. He is not part of the WWE anymore. He has been Rich Swan. Yeah, Rich Swan. Yeah, well done, Dan. You win the Toy Five Live game. Well, that's great. So speaking of games, we just played that. We're going to keep playing our games. And we're going to play Dead or Alive, Dan. I haven't got any music, but I'm sure for the next live game show. They all wrestled at Survivor Series 1988. Alright, so. I need you to tell me if they're dead or alive. First up, you've got the Barbarian or Ron Bass. I've no idea if either of these are alive. I'm going to go with Ron Bass is dead. Ron Bass is dead. You are correct. Well done. One out of up next, we've got Warlord or Hercules. I actually quite like the Warlord, so I'm going to say he's still alive. Hercules is dead. You're two for two, Dan. You are on fire, baby. Up next, Tito Santana or Bad News Brown. Again, I'm going to go with Tito Santana being dead and Bad News being... Ah, oh, unfortunately, Tito Santana is alive. Bad News Brown is bad news he's dead so we move on now down to your game for you to play for me are you ready for elephant oh sorry that's your it's your game so tell me well james it is probably the best game ever going on any platform whatsoever it's it OG. is we've had this week <laughs> it is elephant or f1 yeah i absolutely love the game sorry i get giddy like a school child can you explain the rules of elephant or f1 to everybody I make a noise and James has to guess whether it's elephant or F1. I've got a card here with elephant on one side, F1 with the other. And I'll, I'll choose one or, or the other and see if James can guess it. Quite simple, really. It's quite you can, simple. You can even you... play at home with your family. Yeah, exactly. You can let us know. So, Dan, please, first up. <laughs> oh, F1 car. It is 
an F1 car. Yeah. Right, start early. That's okay. You got can't you can't think about this too long. <laughs> oh, that's an elephant. That is an elephant. Yeah. They're getting too good at this. So I'm gonna have to try and change right, it up. Right, change it up now. <laughs> well, that does sound like an elephant charging, maybe at some hungry people. But could that be an F1 car? Just changing its tyre and then coming out the pit lane and speeding past. I think I heard that recently. I'm going to say it's an F1 car, Dan. F1 car. Well, James, it was a trick one. It was an elephant driving an F1 car. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You got half there. Oh, wah, wah, wah. oh that's horrible. So I lost. No, I'm saying I am. You got two, one. Oh, two, one. Two, one's not. Two out of one ain't bad. All right, so up next time we're going to play a new game, and it's called Wiki Titles. So you're going to have to tell me who this person are due to their titles that are on Wikipedia. So World Heavyweight Champion four times, World Tag Team Champion once, WWE Champion nine times, WWE Incarnate Champion one time. Stop me if you guess it. Well, I, I guessed it with the amount of titles. You said World Heavyweight Champion four times, WWE Champion nine times. That adds up to 13. There's only one man with that impressive record, and that is my man, Randy Orton. You are correct. That is indeed Randy Orton. You can keep lifting off his accomplishments. I absolutely no, love not. hearing them. No, no. All right, up next, WWE United States Champion one time, World Heavyweight Champion seven times, WWE Champion four times, W Intercontinental Champion five times, Tag Team Champion two times, World Tag Team Champion twelve times, King of the Ring two thousand and one, Money in the Bank two thousand and five. Oh, I've got it at Money in the Bank. Right. Is that Edge? Honest day. Yes, it is Edge. You've got it. You're two for two. Up next, WWE Champion one time, World Heavyweight Champion three times, WCW Championship. Two times, WF Hardcore Championship once, European Championship once, United States Championship twice, Intercontinental Championship nine times, Tag Team Champions two times, one with Edge, one with Big Show, and World Tag Team Champions five times with Benoit, The Rock, Christian, Edge, and Big Show. Oh, that's quite a difficult one, actually. Um... Christian. Think about it. Go to maybe the Connell titles. Nine. Jericho. Jericho. <laughs> I gave you the answer. <laughs> it is indeed Chris Jericho. But that's quite an accomplishment for Jericho, isn't that it? That is you know? a very good accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, we could have done Bobby Roode, but it would have been NXT champion, US champion. All right. So that is all, right, all right. Good for you. You get to say stuff. All right. Um, so, up next. Unified tag team champion with Shawn Michaels. World Heavyweight Champion five times, WWE Champion nine times, Intercontinental Champion five times, European Champion twice. I've got it 14 times, it's going to be Triple H. (laughs) Triple H (coughs) is the right answer. So you win four for four on Wiki Titles, Dan. Yes. Well, that is. That you are the master game. Move on to a bit of news. News. It's 2018, and Brock Lesnar still proves to be a crucial figure in the minds of Dana White and Vince McMahon. Well, Lesnar's reportedly agreed to a new WWE deal in the wake of the awful news of Roman Reigns' battle with leukemia 
as the WWE looks for guaranteed pay-per-view success with arguably the most popular star. It was initially believed that Lesnar was looking for an exit route from the WWE, but Reigns' current inability to compete, coupled with the new lucrative Saudi Arabia options, resulted in Lesnar receiving a significant offer to continue featuring for Mr. McMahon as his top singles champion, according to reports. Well, the intricacies of Lesnar's new contract remain unknown, but it's claimed that he's earmarked for dates as late as next April's WrestleMania event. And that's where it gets tricky, because while Lesnar's deal does not include uh, does include the option to accept a US, UFC fight while contracted to the WWE, it's unlikely the four would agree to meet Daniel Cormier's scheduled timetable ta- for retirement. Well, Cormier is eager to hang up his gloves before he turns 40, and has targeted UFC 235 on March 2nd, 2019, for his final outing, and wants to share the octagon with Lesnar. But the former US heavyweight champ may consider it too risky to put himself through an audacious training camp for a shot at UFC heavyweight title just a month before he hopes to take part in WrestleMania. So Lesnar, he probably would do that and just phone in his wrestling appearances because he has lost a lot of weight since then, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He yeah, because cut. he hasn't been phoning him in for the past two, three years. <laughs> yeah, my anyway, bad, my bad. Yeah. I mean, what he's probably wrestled thirty minutes in the past three years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. <clears throat> but anyway, I hope he goes. And All right, on to Braun Strowman, Dan. We've not heard definitively from any source on why WWE opted to go with Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion instead of having Braun Strowman win the belt at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. But with lots of people asking the question, a number of different possible or partial answers were making the rounds. Well, add this one to speculation. Strowman might be injured or simply Lesnar is a bigger star that Vince McMahon offered a whole lot of money to stick around after a bit longer when he learned about Roman Reigns. Braun might have backstage heat. The item comes from Mike Johnson on a recent PW Inside Elite Audio broadcast via WrestlingNews.co. One of the things I've heard from multiple people, we're talking four different people, where Strowman is negligent when it comes to showing up on time. He has a reputation at times for leaving a little early and sometimes he makes mistakes in terms of etiquette in the backstage, in the locker room, and sometimes, as one person put it, he's his own worst enemy and his worst advocate. Well, that would be high on him. And just when he gets to the point where you think the next step is putting him in the centrepiece position for the company, then something happens and he makes some sort of misstep backstage and people within management kind of call on him and they take a step back. Well, Insider doesn't say this is why Brock is champ again or point to any specific examples where Braun's alleged breaches of locker room etiquette have affected his booking or push at all. But the timing of this talk. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we'll see what happens. Well, we've heard of uh, a lot of people not fitting in with locker room etiquette and getting kicked out of locker rooms and having to change in... Exactly, the people at that. Yeah. But I think Strowman should be clever enough to realise he's got a great opportunity now. Don't mess it up, you know. Pretty much. Well, wrestling legend and NJPW star Takamichi Noki has been spending about pay for a year for an illicit affair. This sounds juicy. Well, the former WWE light heavyweight champion, who's 45, has issued a public apology vowing to try and cherish his family more after his seven-year-long fling came to light. Well, due to the cultural differences in his homeland to Europe, extramarital activities are looked seriously due to cultural differences in his homeland oh yeah that's what we said and Mitch Kanoku shot to fame alongside fellow country now for knocking the 90s and early noughties as tag team Kai and Tai is now set to pay a heavy price 
As punishment, the High Flyer has been removed from his role as director and board member of the Kayantai Dojo promotion he started. Mm, Michinoku is a move named in his honour will remain as the company's owner but has to pay suspend has his pay suspended until October twenty nineteen. As well as his work he is also part of the roster of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's a member of the Suzuki Gun Stable and manager of English superstar Zack Sabre Jr. In the last few days about Ellsworth, former W superstar Ellsworth denied allegations he sent explicit pictures to an underage girl. Ellsworth, who's thirty three had two spells with WWE and was most recently part of the SmackDown brand earlier this year. Well, images were shared by the girl who claims to be 16 on social media and said to be from the wrestling star. Ellsworth, real name's James Morris, is alleged to have met with the teenager at an independent wrestling show this month. After being sent a good luck message and a crest to follow the girl on Twitter, Ellsworth allegedly responded by asking for a Snapchat account. He then allegedly sent her explicit images. A statement was posted on Ellsworth's Twitter account by US law firm Bates and Garcia on his behalf. My client, James Morris, known publicly and professionally as James Ellsworth, has come aware of a number of basis allegations, the statement read. Mr Morris has the utmost respect for women and categorically denies these inflammatory and despicable accusations. Bates and Garcia, attorneys at law. Well, Ellsworth, that's like the worst TV programme in the world. Ellsworth had his first match at W in 2016, a challenge for the W Championship after taking a year-long hiatus. He was fired by SmackDown general manager Page earlier this year after throwing insults at the Brit. Well, last year, joined Impact Wrestling, who had not yet commented on the allegations. And we move on to injuries. Or do you want to James Ellsworth and getting his dong out? I mean, he's just, he's a fucking moron, isn't he, really? He is, yes. Who you know? Who would have thought sending unwanted, illicit images of yourself would uh, go under the radar? You know, especially to a sixteen-year-old girl. I mean, that is just completely silly. Well, I tell you what, we'll do. We'll take a break before we move on to injuries, and why don't we have a little bit of a raw review, Dan? Shall we take a take a step down that way? Are you ready for it? Always ready for the raw review. All right, then. So now it's time for, Dan, your Raw Review and Smackdown Summary. Well, James, for once in your miserable, stinking life, you actually watched Raw and Smackdown yep. this week. Yep. Yep. Have you missed it? No, I watched it. Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, it's... <laughs> so it did no, I mean, three out, five hours is a lot, and especially if you put in 205, NXT, NXT UK, all the other kind of wrestling then, all stuff, you know, new network programmes. It is a lot of wrestling. So I suppose, to, yeah, it's especially alongside just 16 hours of porn you watch a day. Well, you know, it is difficult, you know, I know you love the AWA specials and stuff, but I go out there to find the kind of best stuff, and it does take me a while. But you know, I watch Raw and Smackdown, see if it helped me with predictions as it comes to... Um, Survive the series, and we shall find out, shan't we? Has it opened your eyes? No, I was just everything that I kind of knew anyway. You know, it's not really that surprising. But let's start. Let's start off with the show anyway. Well, we start off with Raw because that comes first, obviously, because it is the A show, and we started off with Battle Royal, or so it seemed. <laughs> well, the teams came out, and the action got started. And who doesn't like tag team matches? Well, James, he's interrupted one before. He won it on his own. That is none other than Braun Strowman. It, yeah. 
He came down and he just cleared the ring, grabbed the steel chair, sat in the ring, and said basically he ho- he's holding it hostage because he wants Braun Strowman to he wanted Braun Strowman to get these hands. Well, the thing is, like Big Show throughout his SmackDown kind of existence used to always come down and smash all the cruiserweights. And I see now it's moved on to a big man coming down and smashing the entire Raw tag team division, which I think is great. Apart from Bobby Roode, of course, he only got like on one blow and then was there to uh, to escape properly. But I just thought, well, great way of building up his tag team, the way of Survivor Series. But. Stephanie McMahon came to get them hands. And she said, Strowman, you can't hold Raw hostage. She tried to talk him into representing Team Raw, but he cut her off saying he does not give a damn about Team Raw or Shane McMahon. He just wants Baron Corbin. Well, Stephanie says she does give a damn, and so should everyone else on Raw. So Strowman said, well, you know, I know when I'm being manipulated. Stephanie replied with, if you lead Raw to victory, demanded a rematch against Universal Champion Brock Lesnar, and about with Baron Corbin. Stephanie said deal to both. But first, Strowman has to appear as a team player at Survivor Series. Yes, by not touching Corbin before the Survivor Series event. It's nice that, you know, Strowman is a big bad. The only person that can control him is Stephanie. And Stephanie, again, is like the kind of, you know, the, the grand controller, as it were, on Raw. And I thought Strowman didn't like McIntyre. I thought that was something we were going to do. Have you come about that for a while, or what's going on uh, there? That's I mean, been put on the back burner for now, I think. Exactly, so. But um, Ronda Rousey came out and interrupted. She said there's nothing Stephanie could say to motivate her to beat Becky Lynch more than she already is. We'll see if that changes along the show. But um, Corbin interrupted the proceedings and said that he's with Stephanie and they need to motivate Raw to beat Shane at Survivor Series. Then Corbin slowly entered the ring, cautious of an angry Strowman. But he he didn't think anything of uh, Ronda Rousey, and he put his hand on her shoulder and said, look, you know, we're confident we can win, which coerced Rousey into hip-tossing him. Mm. But Rousey's got to be careful because the fans could turn against her, especially if they start getting bored of this kind of thing. I mean, how many times has she interrupted Stephanie uh, and then something's happened like this? So, you know, I thought myself 15 minutes to begin with. Did we really need all that to, to start the show off with? You know, I mean, I know... Strowman and all that lot, but that could have been done backstage in a couple of minutes, I feel. But Yeah, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I do think they long these segments out a bit too much. And you, know, and you always know that as soon as someone starts talking, someone's going to come and interrupt them and you know, cut them off, and that's going to start a little feud there. Um, but it, you know, it has kind of set up a few weeks' worth of wrestling. We've, we obviously know that Braun Strowman's going to be going against... Uh, Brock Lesnar at the next pay-per-view whenever yeah. Brock Lesnar decides to show up. And, of course, he's going to have a match against Corbin, whether that be the next night on Raw or not. It's It'd probably been a New Year's Day. Well, I don't know how long they're going to string it out or do it at TLC or something like this. Do you know what I would really love? And no one's ever mentioned this, I don't think. I might be wrong. I would love Corbin versus Strowman and Corbin to actually fucking come across as kind of monster as well because if you look at the height between these two Corbin is not a small guy and I think the kind of Baron Corbin for the NXT days before they completely ruined him I think if Corbin was there to stand his ground he doesn't have to beat Str- but if he starts putting a beat on him and it's in a fair kind of fight I think that makes Corbin look more like a star but again they won't they'll just have him crushed by Strowman you know well you kind of forget that it was Corbin who once eliminated Braun Strowman from the Royal Rumble yeah. I mean you know he has got what it takes to put the big man down. You know, of course, it, it wasn't too bad. 
And uh, we cut on to our first match. And Alexa Bliss, uh, you know, she is team captain for Raw because she's unable to compete at the moment after suffering multiple concussions. But Ember Moon wanted to go against Tamina Snooker. Yeah. Well, yeah, this was from last week's Raw, wasn't it? Where Nia Jax seemed to turn heel on Ember Moon after... You know, after a match between the two and suddenly put a beating on her and Ember wanted a bit of revenge. Getting a bit worried about Ember Moon because she's a great character, kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. And Tamina beating her, I think it's the first time Tamina's beaten someone on, on Raw or SmackDown in a very long time, you know. So if they're going to try and push Tamina again, I think it makes sense with her and I teaming up because it would be more of a chance against, say, of Ronda Rousey. But still... I don't think it's going to be that enjoyable. And I think Ember Moon and people like that are going to suffer, you know. Uh, as you say, you know, Nia Jax has got herself a match against Ronda Rousey coming up at the next pay-per-view. Well, well whenever it happens, really. Mm. I think Moon done all the work in this match. But a distraction by Jax allowed Tamina to send a Moon to the mat and finish her off with a super fire splash. I'm not too struck on Tamina. I don't think she's a great worker. No. Well, I mean, the only reason she's there is because of fucking uh, being Jimmy Snooker's daughter. I think that's the only way, you know. There's not really a lot. When you consider she came in with the Usos, and you look at where the Usos are at now and where she is, I think that's her saying she's... I think she'd be quite lucky that she's still in employment, you know. So I, I think for her, she's she's kind of lucky at the moment. Uh, she is indeed, yes. Um, and after that, we had an interview segment. Corey Graves interviewing Seth Rollins in the middle of the ring, saying a lot of Dean Ambrose on your mind, but you don't want to discredit Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, you know, if you're not focused 100% on Nakamura, a King Shasha to the face, mm. and, you know, that, that match is over. Yeah. No, I, I quite like that, because he obviously would be talking about Rollins and Ambrose. Then they cut to Ambrose. Uh backstage on the, on the seat of his, hood of his car. What did you think about this and what, what did Ambrose have to say? You know, cause I know you're, you're a big Ambrose fan. Do you think he pulled... Because we've been waiting for an explanation for a while, haven't we? Ambrose is saying something. We finally had it. What were your, Did you think they did it well? Do you think Ambrose was right to, you know, what he said? Um, well, it looked like Dean Ambrose was about to drop the greatest music video of all time and that's been commented on a lot online. I think it is a good explanation for it. You know, he's... It's either been Roman Reigns getting pushed by Vince McMahon in the background or it's been Seth Rollins becoming a Dean Ambrose. You know, he's always been challenging him and I think that's where Dean Ambrose is best when he's trying to challenge someone for it. For him turning heel, I think it kind of fits in with his character. He's He probably makes a better heel than the other two members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, he's it, he said it's made him weak watching Rollins back week in, week out. He even said Roman Reigns made him weak as well. Yeah, um, that's just cheap heat. I think, moment. yeah. But, you know, I don't think you can gain more heat from what happens, you know, when he first turned on him. Uh, I think it's kind of been overshadowed, whereas Becky Lynch is kind of... Yeah, I think, yeah. You know, she's the top heel at the moment. Um, he then threw the tactical gear he wore as member of the Shield into the fire. I think, yeah, it was a strong promo. Mm. I, I, th- I think with the best, he wanted to um, burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think it was all right, but like you said, it's kind of, it got overshadowed, didn't it, by what happened later on in the show. So like, I think this is the thing, but we are going to see Ambrose and Rollins, and I do think they are going to string it out until WrestleMania. Most definitely, yeah. 
Up next, James, do you want to talk about this one? Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, they addressed the WWE Universe. What did they have to well, say? very interesting. First, I think it was uh, Kurt Angle's music played, so the fans got excited. Then, of course, you had the uh, kind of record scratch and Ziggler coming out. And then with McIntyre. McIntyre made quite a statement. He basically said that now he runs Monday Night Raw. No one else, you know. He showed he embarrassed Kurt Angle last week. You know, he felt bad about what he did to Angle, making him uh, tap out to the ankle lock. And now no one can go through. Everybody, whoever, you know, and Raw is his show. And people going to have to go through McIntyre if they want to get way to the top. Can I just add that I'm not a fan of someone beating, and no disrespect to Kurt Angle, but quite a past-it wrestler and saying, yeah, I run the place now. You know, it's like fucking beating The Undertaker when he's 153 and saying, yeah, I'm the best in the world. Yeah, like Roman Reigns did. (laughs) Yeah, I know, yeah. But I think it's kind of disrespectful to to the legend. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I know I'm one preaching because Randy Orton did have a gimmick as the legend killer and he was going around beating old men up. But, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of this, you know, someone beating someone who's passed it and then claiming, yeah, you know, I run this place now because I've beaten someone. But who who's... who else is running it on Monday Night Raw? Like, who who is running the place? It was Roman Reigns. And McIntyre said that the reason why the Shield disbanded was thanks in part to him. Because when, when they actually faced off, McIntyre got the pinfall victory. And that kind of made the Shield explode. It made Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns the actual face of Raw. Uh, you know, he had to go away due to other reasons and stuff. But the Shield are no longer there. You know, look at Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's got his own trouble. And McIntyre Claymore kicked him a couple of times. He's beating people like Seth Rollins. Who else is there to beat, you know, on Raw? The main well, event. Okay, who, who would you say, without being biased... Who would you say is that runs the place? On Monday Night Raw, right now, it is Drew McIntyre. I have no doubt You're in being my biased. mind. No, no, no. Uh, you, you could argue Braun Strowman with it, and you could argue uh, Drew McIntyre. These are the two guys, the yin and the yang. Lesnar's not on there long enough. It's this good guy and a bad guy that kind of will be leading the show down the road, and that's what it is going to be. And the problem is, it's not if, if John Cena was still around... And Drew McIntyre beating someone like him on Raw, it would have made the exact same statement. I think WWE's problem at the moment, they haven't got a kind of guy that they can feed to McIntyre. I want McIntyre to pick up victories, you know, by the time WrestleMania comes around, you know, he'll be ready in that position there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the guy who was relevant maybe a couple of years ago comes out, Finn Balor, and, and says that he's got a problem with Drew. And, and Drew's like, well, wait a minute, mate. Prove you can beat someone like Dolph Ziggler first, you know? And Dolph Ziggler... Sold the fact that he wasn't happy with what McIntyre said to him, which I appreciated with that. But then McIntyre said, don't forget, you are, you know, you should have been the World Cup winner anyway, so you can have the match. And I'm not going to talk about Dolph Ziggler letting down Drew McIntyre in said match, you know, but still. (laughs) It was a Finn Balor win. But, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That is basically all you can say You said talk about it. Not as as McIntyre heavy, though. Yeah, you know, I think Finn Balor has definitely been underutilised as of late. You know, he's he's either being cannon fodder for someone or he's... You know, he. I don't think. I think Balor's just treading water at the moment. Uh, No offence to you know. I say no offence to Cody Rhodes, but you know, someone like um, Finn Balor in the independent scene on that spot, in that spot that. Cody Rhodes has could do exactly the same thing, you know. Balor could be the face of the engine, uh, and 
if he wanted to, rather than just you know treading water or raw and waiting for a storyline. When's the last? What was the last um, feud that Finn Balor was in? You know, when you think about it, Elias. Was it Elias? Was it you know Baron Corbin? Maybe was it? Oh, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Early in the year was when was that? A few months, a couple of months, three months ago, four months ago. When did he beat him like ridiculously? I oh, was at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. So that's you know we talked about three months ago now. Now, that's not great, you know. Yeah, they pop them out at big events because they've got the hardcore audience there, but still, it's not kind of the same, is it? Yeah, that is. Is Finn, ba- Finn Balor's part of Team Raw, is he? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think he <laughs> no, is. No, he's not, is he? He's not in the pay-per-view then, is he? A Drew McIntyre, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> right. But is Bobby Roode? Yeah, Bobby Roode is, yeah. Go on, ask it. Is Randy Orton? No, but he's going to be there. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> You know he's going to be there. <laughs> oh, he only got the good wrestlers at Survivor Series. All right. Is Dean Ambrose wrestling? Is Bobby Roode going to win? <laughs> Dan, is, is Dean Ambrose wrestling? Is he going to win? Is he going to win? Is he going to win? Anyway. Oh, we're moving on. All right. Moving on. <laughs> and the Riot Squad addresses the WWE Universe. James. What it? Oh, yeah, I saw this. They ripped up the glasses <laughs> oh, of bad. the late Jim Neidhart and left Natalia in tears. I haven't seen a woman crumble since the AWA boxing video. I swear to God, it was uh, it's, it was just really, really sad. And, um, you know, we talk about WWE uh, giving a lot of money for, you know, to charity and, you know, uh, having all these good causes. And yet they will still exploit someone's death. And then we saw it again Monday Night Raw with Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Rest in peace, big, big man. Big, big man. Natalia's going to avenge you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically... I knew exactly what she was going to say. I've, we've seen this promo that they do hundreds of times now when they come out and go, I'm really sorry. Uh, I, you know, uh, no, they don't say really sorry. It's like what happened last week. We heard all this and it's terrible. But I absolutely loved it. And I would do it again if I could. And I would, uh, and fuck you guys and screw this and, then and Natalia, shit on that and fuck that. And then Natalia come fuck out, you. she got a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> not, not what her dad got. Not what her dad no, died totally. of. And uh, Jerry the King Lawler wasn't ringside having a heart attack either. No, no, the actual tag team move. And yeah, yeah R- Ruby Riot beat her down. And yeah, shit on yeah. that and fuck that. <laughs> fuck this. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, move on. We go on to the, uh, to the tag team battle royal. Take two. Hey, two. And who won, Dan? Who won? Who is the best tag team on Monday Night Raw? Is it? Oh, glorious. It was. Bobby Roode. They're trying to make the Ascension a little bit of a serious threat, eliminating a couple of teams. Uh, B team did well, didn't they? They lasted B team, B team, go, go, go. Get yourself eliminated. Uh, we also had Slater and Rhino. Didn't know yes. they were still employed. <laughs> they like, are oh, indeed, because Heath Slater does have kids. He does. And then we had, of course, let's not forget, Kaliste, Grand Metallic, and... Linster Of three of them were allowed to wrestle. But no, it was just Bobby Roode and Chad Gable standing tall at the end. It was an awful... Awful match. Of course it was. Of course it was. And Bobby Roode, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't know how long he's going to put up with this shit either. The Raw's uh, tag team division is shit, isn't it? Like, apart from the Authors of Pain and the Revival, but the way they're getting treated, well, it's fucking awful. The Revival, B-Team, Ascension, Heath Slater <laughs> and Ryan, oh, yeah. and the Authors of Pain, yeah. I mean, they're all shit. Well, the captain of uh, the Spicer's team... 
Bobby Roode and Gable would strongly disagree with you, Dan. They're at the pay-per-view, of course. Jim McIntyre's at the pay-per-view. Um, let's speak a couple of people, maybe. <laughs> is uh, Dean Ambrose at the pay-per-view? Is uh, Randy Orton at the pay-per-view? No, 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 no. You go ahead. Well, Dean Ambrose and Randy Orton could have teamed up, but they wanted Team Raw to obviously lose the tag team bouts, didn't they? Dickhead. Right, anyway. They're on opposing teams. They Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> All right, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar returns to Raw. Mm. Um, what did he have to say? Well, Paul Heyman said, My name is Paul Heyman, and my client, <laughs> Mike Lyant, <laughs> is a champion. Well, anyway, enough of that. And a man who doesn't back down from anyone came to the ring to interrupt in James. Do you know who that was? Yes, it was the Beast Tamer, the modern-day Maharaja. It was, of course, the former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. And the Singh Brothers. And the Singh Brothers. Yes. They got fucked up. They did get <laughs> fucked. He tried to... Fuck that. Yandy or something. He tried to what? Oh, yeah, they tried to kind of... Uh, no, it's... Shandy. No, no, it was the Mantra. Mant- no, he didn't say Mantra. He said Mantra. He said Yandy, Chandy. No, he didn't say Mantra. Modern day Mantra. Look at it. It's a good theory. No, he says James is a twat. Don't listen What's to he, he say? Mantra. He says Yandy. It's like Yandy. From Yandu. Well, anyway... Yandu's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Your mum's from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Oh, <laughs> good one, Dad. Right, anyway... <laughs> Mahal actually recalled a year ago when he wanted to face Lesnar at Survivor Series. A year later, he wanted to offer his services to the Beast as he preps for a second match against AJ Styled, and he offered to show him his meditation methods. Lesnar did start going into it he did. for about three seconds, and then he laid out Mahal and the scenes with F5s before walking away smirking. Dan, he wasn't smirking. He was just trying to kill. He actually threw one of them, like, across the ring and so much punishment is that when Lesnar grabbed the other one grabbed one of the things uh, and, and then suplexed him he went back for the other one and he'd already rolled out of the ring because he didn't want any more punishment he was like no fuck that yeah Lesnar's a dangerous person really really dangerous well he beat Sunil so hard that Samir felt it <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> the newly turned face Elias the GPD he interrupted a promo from Bobby Lashley and the guy who really grinds my gears, Leo Rush. And this match was determined the final participant on the tag team, uh, on the Survivor Series team. And uh, uh, sorry, before you go on, Leo Rush was there giving the promo. I see what they've added to Bobby Lashley to make him a heel. Sunglasses, yep, nailed it. And he was doing the poses in the ring, wasn't he? And he bent over to show the crowd exactly what was there. And Elias was there. And I actually laughed at when he was on the phone to Child Services trying to get, he said, a small boy in the ring. Uh, you know, Bobby Lashley just showed his bum, can you please get him arrested? He can't be more than 10. You know, and I actually thought that was quite funny from, from Elias. Uh, but my thing is, I don't think his style is suited to a babyface yet. He needs to kind of learn. It's not just getting... For me, it's not just getting cheered by the fans. It's the kind of style you use in the ring as well. And you can't just kind of be old heel. You've got to kind of mix up a little bit. And I think that match was a little bit for me, like GPD trying to learn, you know, comebacks and stuff like this. But he hasn't been a kind of heel for so long. I thought that was missing a little bit, but I'm still impressed with Elias, even though he did lose the match. He did, but to shady circumstances. I mean, the fight went to the outside. 
Lashley through Elias, shoulder first into the steel steps, rolled back into the ring. And before Elias could get back in the ring, Rush grabbed his foot, costing him the match via countout. After the match, Elias attacked Rush and sent him soaring over the top rope and into Lashley's arms at ringside. So, yes, Alexa Bliss comes out to reveal her Survivor Series team to take on Team SmackDown. And she already revealed her team as being Natalia, Mickey James, Nia Jax and Tamina Snooker. The fifth member, though, will be determined in the following match between Bailey and Sasha Banks. So, you know, Alexa Bliss trying to put some more fuel to the fire that is the best friend pairing, former enemies, bitter rivals, best friends, hugger and boss. Yeah, I mean, Alexa Bliss says that she had Tamina on the team and Nia Jax as well. Of course, Mickey J, six-time women's champion. And this was fill out the other spot. And I think this is a good match between the two. It just shows the chemistry that these two women have, doesn't it? You know? It does indeed. <coughs> Fucking hell. What's that with my voice? <laughs> <laughs> stroke. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, Dan sounds like... Giggity. I'm joined by... Yes, these two... Yes, these two are very underrated and they are having the best matches against each other but after you know they was having a good match a lot of back and forth Ruby Riot comes down and gets announced as the fifth member of the team no they they beat up they yeah Tamina uh, Sasha Banks has a bank statement on Bailey, looking to put her away and then Tamina and Nia Jax come in with Mickey James and uh, massive beat down based and uh, Alexa Bliss says they were never going to be on the team the contacts point out what was the point of that match as well. Also, that's a question. <laughs> yeah, it's out. so hard, which, you know, all right. And then uh, Ruby Wright comes down, and there you have it. She is announced, like you said. Yes, but then we... Uh, yes. Yes, but then we cut backstage where a SmackDown wrestler had appeared on Raw, and she had Ronda Rousey in the disarm. And after that, she made her way to the Raw stage. And she was staring down seven women in the ring. She didn't care, though, because the rest of the SmackDown women attacked from behind and the crowd went absolutely ballistic. Yes, well, they brawled around for a little while and you can see on replays that Becky Lynch did get stiff-armed by Nia Jax. Was it her fault? Should she have been hitting her like that? I don't know, James. Well, Nia Jax has done a couple of things. Uh, I remember backbreaker to Oscar and uh, a couple of other moves where... Wasn't well, it a dangerous move to Charlotte as well where Char- she just like, pummeled her in the face? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's been a couple of times with Nia Jax. I don't think it is intentional. I think it's just uh, bad timing. And Becky literally looked like a fucking... Uh, just the baddest motherfucker going. Do you know what I mean? When she not only laid out Ronda Rousey... Cause the thing I loved about it as well, we went to the back and she had Ronda Rousey in, in a disarmor. So we didn't see, like, a kind of sneak attack. It was just Becky Lynch over the top of Rousey. Do you know what I mean? We were like, oh, fucking hell. Then she lets go, you think, oh, she's going to run away. No, 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 She fucking walks out right to the... Seven people in the ring. Just walks out like a Vincent man. Or you, also, you saw... It, there's been countless memes and stuff like that as well. There's, there. there's been a video I saw on Twitter. And you can follow me on at Vince McDan, WWE. But... <laughs> sorry, there's a new plug there. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, no, it did... It was Becky Lynch coming out with Austin's music playing. And it fitted perfectly and the man stood up against seven women and i don't believe a man should hit a woman but no but the man he got hit by a woman and and nia jacks 
Uh, yeah, and fucking got a nose smashed over to the blood in the face. But she got Ronda Rousey, didn't she? Hit her with a chair on the arm and then hit her again. But the fans were chanting one more time, which didn't help Ronda Rousey out at Not all. Not at all, no. But as it ended, you saw Becky Lynch and the rest of the SmackDown roster going away through the crowd and Becky Lynch just standing tall with the crimson face mask. And I don't think that segment would have been as good if Becky Lynch's face... Hadn't have been covered in blood. No, I mean, it was fucking awesome, wasn't it? I mean, it, you know? it just made her look even more badass. Yeah, it really did. You know, the, the, talk about who's going to be the next star of WWE after Roman Reigns. Well, Becky Lynch definitely arrived last night on Raw. And now you're kind of in place. You've got, you know, the feud with Nia Jax about breaking her nose with Ronda Rousey. You know, Lynch is the most relevant thing. It was it was an unbelievable moment. Talk about a woman's evolution or revolution. And Lynch stood out, and it wasn't because she was a woman, it was just because of how fucking just cool. It's cool factor, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? When a wrestler's cool, you know, talk yeah. about the NWO back in the day, they were cool, you know, and, and this is Stone Cold, it's cool to like Stone Cold. And it seems the same way with Becky Lynch as well, you know, and the kind of the man thing that she's got is, is just, you know, brilliant, you know. I, I absolutely loved the segment. It didn't make Ronda Rousey look bad, it just made Becky Lynch look like she walked into Raw and laid out the baddest woman on the planet. And then took out the Raw roster as well. Well, you know, it's just it's genius, wasn't it? But I don't get Ronda Rousey calling Becky Lynch a millennial when there's like three days apart from their ages, mm. which I think that's a bit sad. And calling people millennials now, it's just really fucking ridiculous and it just uh, irritates me. Well, so we just leave that one. There. Well, the thing is, that Becky Lynch, you know, has been so good on Twitter and, and stuff like this and responses to people. Uh, and even her interview, she gives in WWE they might be kind of scripted per se but she gives her own spin on them whereas Ronda Rousey you could tell it's worth a word what was written down for her and it didn't come across well you know well have you seen even Becky Lynch's Twitter handle it's uh, Becky Lynch now residing in Ronnie's head (laughs) which I think that's brilliant and you know her location most people put where they're from no Becky Lynch put in Ronda Rousey's head which you know I think that's just a stroke of masterclass really Oh, what did you think of Monday Night Raw, anyway? I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fucking brilliant. I think, you know, everything that happened. And um, I just think it's great that they're... Because if you remember last year, coming up to Survivor Series, Team Raw, Team SmackDown, and as soon as they came across the Raw women, who was first in line to go and attack them? None other than the man, Becky Lynch. And I think, you know... She's just gone up from there, and it was more focused around the women of SmackDown. Uh, Well, the women, so to speak. And, you know, I think the uh, Evolution pay-per-view has kind of given it a boost of resurgence that these women deserve to be respected, which I think they have done all along. Yeah, and also another thing that I liked that they did, and apparently there were plans to do it that night, but decided against it, was have the kind of men's team be invaded as well. Uh, you know, and and they kind of had the, the SmackDown guys coming over and attacking Raw. And I think that would have taken away from the women doing it. I think it was a bigger impact because it's kind of like the first time it's kind of happened, if you know what I mean. That w- was good in, in that way uh, on their own on Raw. All right, so Rousey rips Lynch on Instagram. After W announced on Tuesday that Charlotte Flair would play SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch as Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey's opponent survived Susan Sunday. The former UFC star took to Instagram to blast the Irish last kicker. Rousey reiterated some of the insults against Lynch from Raw and vowed to give Charlotte the same beating she had reserved for Becky. And Rousey went on to say, I do have to admit, 
the millennial man, is stunningly convincing. She poked the bear and ran like a bat out of hell when the bear awoke. Feeding me her favourite frenemy and fellow faux horsewoman, Charlotte, is a new level of manipulative cowardness. Even for the millennial man, Charlotte is a super fight and I've always wanted to fight her. But she's just stand. She's just a stand-in for the beating Becky Lynch has coming to her this Sunday. This Sunday, I'll be sending the champ a choice piece of Charlotte as a souvenir. Hashtag Wonder vs. Charlotte. Hashtag Survivor Series. Hashtag November 8th. Hashtag Four Horsewomen versus Faux Horsewomen. And in response to Rousey's post, Becky Lynch spewed some vitriol on Twitter. When I got my face broke up, I got up. Uh owned you, then showed up the next day looking to fight some more. When you got your face broke, you hid for a year under your blankie. Your mind is as weak as your jaw and I'm going to move heaven and earth to come destroy them. She got knocked the fuck out, basically. Well, Jax and Lynch exchanged words on Twitter as well. Yes, well, on the heels of Lynch getting pulled from Survivor Series, Jax took to Twitter on Wednesday to shaft her battle scarf and punch in the SmackDown star in the face. She said, hey, we don't deliver mail. Things happen. Does anybody ask me how my fist feels? Well, and to sit idly by, Lynch responded and set the stage for a potential food with Jax down the line. Well, she said, you gave me your best sucker punch, but I got back up to destroy your whole roster. They won't let me fight, but I'll get you back up from that too. I'll get back up from that too. That's what I do. So enjoy your one free shot, because as bad as my memory is now, I haven't forgotten you, bitch. Right, so we've done Raw, so now, Dan, it's time for your Smackdown summary. So we started the show with AJ Styles, who come out to talk about Brock Lesnar and, of course, his upcoming bout with him at Survivor Series. And then he was interrupted by the advocate for said champion of the universe, Paul Heyman. Yes. And he instigated that AJ Styles is second best in the world behind Daniel Bryan. Um, that, of course, brought out Daniel Bryan, and he said, look, keep bringing my name up. There's going to be problems between us. So, of course, AJ Styles brought Daniel Bryan's name up and had a bit of a bout. I think that brought joy to Paul Heyman, seeing as, yeah. you know, AJ Styles could potentially get hurt by Daniel Bryan. Well, it was all about Heyman kind of manipulating the situation. Situation. You know, he came out there and wanted to cause trouble, and he said, you know, he said on Monday that AJ... Was you know Lesnar was desperate for him to beat AJ Styles, and then he was saying something different, trying to get in AJ's head, and and like, they could have just had like Jarrett Man announcing an WWE title match, but I kind of like the way Paul Heyman got involved and the match came about in that way, if you know what I mean, because I think it made AJ and Daniel Bryan their characters look strong, and that doesn't happen a lot in uh, WWE now, does it? You know, no, especially with especially like the heat between two face characters as well. You know, it's it's more of a personal thing between these two than anything else. I know, obviously, the title's involved and everyone wants their WWE title back because, according to legend, it belongs to everyone. Yeah, well, this is the weird thing that happened um, last year, the week before Survivor Series, Survivor Series didn't it? Uh, with AJ Styles, losing to Jinder Mahal, and the WWE title match is set for the main event later with AJ Styles. And Daniel Bryan. So, very interesting twist to start the show. Yes, but it, it couldn't happen two years on the trot, surely. Well, don't call me Shirley. We'll find out in a little bit. Yes. Um, the first match of the night was Jeff Hardy versus Andrade Cien Almas. That was... It wasn't the greatest of matches. I think, you know, the Lucha Libre style from Cien 
Uh, he has got a lot of talent. I love CN. I think about him watching SmackDown and seeing CN. His offense and just the way he is, is, I think, such a big upside. And it was a cool spot, him and Zelina Vega. I know he always catches himself on the ropes, but Vega was kind of underneath him. Yeah. Uh, and it, it looked really, really cool. And it's a shame Jeff Hardy, either because of injury, can't go at a full pace or whatever it was. But it was a very quick match. So I think he could have done a lot more in that. One thing I did find funny was Jeff Hardy come out and start with the, the face paint on. And trying to reach out to see where the fans are. You know, and I was like, well... That might be part of your gimmick, but you should really see where you're high-fiving people as well, you know, rather than walking in blind, so to speak. Yeah, there is that. But I think, you know, Jeff Hardy is still good talent. We've, you know, we're kind of overlooking the fact that he's been around since 1994. Well, yeah, this is the thing. Jeff's got a lot of miles on the clock, so he can't wrestle to the standard that he used to. But when he is putting in a young line against CN, then it's a little bit of a disappointment. A bit like CN and Rey Mysterio. Could you imagine those two... Bell explodes like they did last week, and instead it's kind of it doesn't live up to expectation, you know. Yeah, um, well, you know that's it's kind of a thing. We we've seen what Jeff Hardy's body's been going through, but you know, again, it was Jeff Hardy getting the victory over the only man who's beaten Drew McIntyre since he's come back. Yeah, well, that's it. on the next team for the title, we talked about how good CN is. Uh, but what's interesting about this afterwards as well is that the Miz was arguing with Shane McMahon and Paige about, you know, he's now the sole captain. Daniel Bryan's no longer in the team. Of course, Smojo beat Jeff Hardy to be in as far as his team, and Miz made a decision to put Jeff in and to take Mysterio out, basically. Uh, and then Paige was saying, well, if you want Mysterio out of the team, you're going to have to beat him. So it kind of set up a match yeah. for later on in the night. Talking about the Miz, that was actually the next matchup. I don't know, it wasn't the greatest of matches. I think the ending was probably the better bit because someone who is extremely bitter about not being on SmackDown Survivor Series team is one Randy Orton. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a good story. I was just the match first before we talk about the RKO. Uh, I think the Miz is a machine, you know, to keep going, especially the way Hill does, where he's up, down, up, down, up, down all the time. I heard Joe Rogan saying about the kid the other day, he was on when he was on um, Fear Factor with him, saying he's kind of one of the fittest guys he's ever seen in his life. And that's, that's credit to the Miz, you know. Uh, but Mysterio, I, I don't know if I'm already bored with the fact I keep seeing the st- same stuff from him, match in, match out. He's always got to try that kind of uh, dive to the outside. And uh, there's what not a lot. skinny dive. Yeah, skinny dive <laughs> that he does. And, you know, and there's a few bits and pieces that I, I don't know yet with Mysterio. I, I, like we talk about Jeff Hardy too far gone now. You know, too banged up to kind of be the Mysterio he was before. Are we asking too much from him? You know, that's the thing. It is a good nostalgia thing, but again, you know, with Mysterio, he's been around since, what, 97, 98? Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Uh, I suppose, yeah. you know, he was obviously floating about before then as well, so... He started wrestling when he was 15, you know, so you talk about the, the miles on the clock for him. And what another interesting, weird thing about SmackDown is that with Randy Orton involved, you talked about, he kind of be on the peripheral as of late, feuding with Jeff Hardy last time, who you'd say is a kind of old-style legend. And then, again, the kind of feud with Mysterio at the starting as well. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of weird. They're putting Orton in that position. What do you think of him and his use, him being used at the moment? I don't know. It seems like he was starting to be quite a hot commodity, and now it's kind of fizzled out. You know, I'm not saying fizzled out, but it's been kind of pushed to the background. They've obviously got a lot of other talent coming through the ranks, and, you know, especially with the likes, as we saw what happened with her on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And... You know, I think he's kind of overlooked 
you know, it seems like he's on like a legends contract as well. You know, he doesn't have to stay to the end of the show. He's being used sparing, sparingly, yeah. but he's he's still always about. But I don't want to see him keep getting wheeled out when he can barely walk. Well, yeah, one but one thing might come into play on 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 Tuesday that we might not have thought about is like because you mentioned we're in St Louis, we were in Randy Orton's hometown, weren't we, in St Louis? So. Maybe they didn't want to use Orton too much because he would get cheered, but they still wanted him to come out to deliver an RKO, which he did on the Miz. Unfortunately, after the Miz had been rolled up by Mysterio, so yes, well, he yeah, had a terrible say... night. <laughs> <laughs> Miz had a terrible night. Well, not only did he lose to a slightly older and haggard Miz, he also got planted with an RKO. So, but you know, I did enjoy him coming out, and as he made his entrance, he was holding a copy of the Marine Six, yes, yeah, like yeah. it was a trophy or a title belt. But you know, that that's kind of a it plays right into the Miz. Yeah, the, the Miz is is just doing great work at the moment with what he's been handled with, and the, I would hope the feud with Daniel Bryan would go further, and it might do depending on what happened in the, the main event tonight. It does, yeah. But um, but then we get some. Bad news. And that is Paige... Well, we had the bad news to kick off the show yeah. uh, with the announcer saying Becky Lynch has broken her face, which was kind of a, a vague statement to make. But they showed a video of the clip with Nia Jax stiffing Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah. You saw the contact and the blood. And it's good that SmackDown talked about it. But yeah, Paige came out to tell us, unfortunately, Becky Lynch couldn't compete. She brought out the SmackDown women's roster with her as well. Uh, to basically, Becky Lynch was going to pick a replacement, weren't she, you know? Yes, and she went through the whole women's roster. Quite a, It didn't seem like there was as many women as there normally is. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot There was what, about me. seven or eight. Any roads, yeah, she did come out. She went through the line-up and, you know, each woman kind of pled their case saying, you know, look, I'm the one to do it. And then eventually she chose Charlotte saying, look, you know, it's you're the one to do it. Yeah. You know, potentially Charlotte could. She's the one that ended Oscar's streak, so it, it was a streak killer. It was a bit of a surprise that they they did pick Charlotte because obviously there's been a kind of Ruby WrestleMania match for quite a while between the two, and it's also strange to see Becky Lynch not only uh, shaking Charlotte's hand but also giving a kind of hug, whereas maybe they're kind of learnt, you know back in love with each other. All that respect has been earned again in the wars recently. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. With that, but yeah, Charlotte versus Rousey. What interested me was the pop that Oscar still got because the mistreatment of Oscar has been one of the worst fucking things they've done in WWE this year. And yet, when they were still going through each one who it should be, uh, even though Charlotte got a few cheers, Oscar was no doubt the kind of lead of what they do. And I really hope they realise now. With look at Nia Jax causing mistakes and everything like this. Use Oscar correctly, and you can you can have her still make a big impact in WWE. You know, just imagine her against Becky Lynch. Imagine her against. Ronda Rousey, you know, there's still a lot of miles. We talk about miles on the clock. Oscar, you, you've you so much untapped there. But we're talking about the old Oscar, not the Oscar that jobbed out not once but twice to Carmella. Yeah, but look at the great. Look at look at Becky Lynch and how she managed to change herself after all these defeats. The first SmackDown Women's Champion, and then kind of nowhere, and then coming back with this character. You know, there is if given the right time, then you can come back and. 
I think with Leach, she's proven to herself that she is a, a, a star. And we've talked about similarities between her and Stone Cold Steve Austin as well, about, you know, having that a visual of, you know, blood pouring down your face after you've done something cool. Her walking out on Raw, uh, having to be injured and walking away, but still be, being kind of protected in that. And now the rumours about Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, which will be a huge match as well. So she might, out of all this, end up main event in a WrestleMania, which... Yeah, if you said that a year ago about Becky Lynch, I think it'd be unbelievable. Well, I know. think we were saying about Becky Lynch. Looked, you know, you've had the Bailey Charlotte, uh, the Bailey uh, Banks feud. They've had a few good matches throughout, and you know they've they've kind of been kept ticking over. But you know, Becky Lynch, she was kind of overlooked. Yeah, and it happened. You know, the talent just kind of gets sick, and they come up with a character that the fans can behind. And like I said, it's the cool factor. With Becky Lynch, and even her promo was saying, you know, her face might be a mess, but she wanted to fight. You know, people said that she couldn't. Choice, you know, and saying that she will be back. She, Ronda Rousey wasn't the baddest bitch on the planet, but the luckiest, and she will be back. I mean, that is just on-the-spot cool. I think Becky Lynch has hit it out of the park the past couple of days, you know. She has, yeah, and, you know, even her mic work's been brilliant. But as, you know, the show goes on, so after she picked Charlotte and embraced her, like Becky Lynch kind of left abruptly. And all the women kind of gathered around Charlotte and was like, yeah, yeah, well done, you know. But, yep, and we move on to our next match, which is The New Day versus The Bar and The Big Show. So we talk about wheeling old talent out. I mean, this is the third match of the night, and it's the third one with a talent <laughs> yeah. who's been in the company for over 20... Well, not with the company, but wrestling for over 20 years. Well, this is the thing, and, you know, he's, he's turned heel on face about a thousand times each time as well, The Big Show. But, uh, I mean, I think it's good for the bar that they've got someone like the Big Show with them. But I think Big Show's there more for a heavy. I don't think you need to be involved in matches and be pinning talent the way you did. You know, I don't think there's any need for that at this moment in time. Well, yeah, but he did get the victory over Kofi with a KO punch and the bar one. You know, it wasn't a quality match that we've seen between the bar and New Day. Mm. But, you know, it wasn't... A a terrible match. No, I mean, the New Day are so talented that it, you won't have a boring match. And, you know, we, we talk about the kind of Usos as well, what they can do. Uh, they're just so cool. We had backstage with Charlotte where she gave a quick promo about, you know, being able to beat Ronda Rousey. She's fought no, with... She fought with, fought against, and now she's fighting for. Yeah, that's the thing Becky Lynch said, uh, uh, Charlotte said, which was quite cool, but just imagine if you had a longer build-up. And then backstage again, we had the Usos Made completing their SmackDown tag team for uh, Survivor Series, and it was Jimmy J. Who, so, of course, Gary and Epico, who changed very quickly into their t shirts. Very pleased with what they did there. Uh, the Good Brothers, you remember them? They're still around. Yes. Uh, they just wanted to be too sweet. We had Sanity as well. Yes, they had those four teams, and then the Usos said that it would be SmackDown Penitentiary. And I mean, the Usos again are still really, really good and so underrated, uh, and it made me look forward to that match. I have indeed, yes. And then it is the main event. AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Now, this was... I thought it was a very good match. You know, um, these two guys, both really solid, strong workers. And, you know, and again, we're saying like about the old talent. AJ Styles is no spring chicken now. He's no. been he's in his 40s now. Well, never is Daniel Bryan when you think about the wear and tear he's had in his body. I think with the amount of AJ Styles matches we've been looking forward to this year... None really paid off. I think this one is the first one you could say, oh, yeah, it was a really, really good match. 
between the two. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it really heated up well, what was towards the, last, the end. What was the last eight decent AJ Styles match you can remember? My last one I can remember is against John Cena at the Rumble. 2017? Oh, my God. If it, I, I'm not sure with AJ. So he, he, every match is decent, but the yeah. last... The you last know, outstanding, the outstanding match. Outstanding match. Uh, I... Can't think of right now. People might say Lesnar last year, but I don't agree with that. But he never has a bad match, and I think it's the same with Brian. But it's about turning the temperature up, and I think they definitely did in the closing stages. The story told of the arm being worked over on the yes lock, and of course the leg with the calf crusher. I thought was brilliant between the two. You know, it was yeah. And again, you know these these guys, their in ring IQ is subliminal. You know they've got a lot of intelligence. They can work a match and. Again, you know, these two guys showed it, and it wasn't even on a pay-per-view. It was just no. given away for free on SmackDown. Yeah, and, you know, how many of these matches have you seen in the past that you think, oh, we already know what's going to happen here, the champion, you know, a week or even, you know, five days before the pay-per-view. Uh, like I said, really, really competitive. Looked like maybe Styles had Daniel Bryan's number. Again, let's not forget, two weeks ago, he did tap out, you know. Uh, but AJ went to the outside, was going to go for the phenomenal forearm, and this is kind of when everything basically changed. Daniel Bryan... Dodged it. AJ obviously been the face as he always was. Didn't want to hit the referee, Charles Robinson, but kind of distracted him. He turned around and Brian then just went for it all, didn't he? He went Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> on Daniel Bryan and kicked him square in the nuts. Followed it up with the running knee. One, two, three. New champ. Yeah, new ch- and the fans were kind of like, oh, what's going on? We're not sure, but some of them are still cheering. You know, and Daniel Bryan had kind of mischievous look on his face as as WWE champion. Now you couldn't believe he actually yeah. done it, but that wasn't it either, was it? No, he he beat him down after the match as well. You know, so that's kind of cemented Daniel Bryan in a heel turn. I mean, you've turned one of the faciest fail. Yeah, and, and and this is the interesting thing about it, you know what are your thoughts about turning Daniel Bryan. I don't, I don't know because, you know, I've read some reports in places saying, that, is it punishment, him having to go against Brock Lesnar for pulling out of Crown Jewel? Is it, you know, a, a revitalization of Daniel Bryan? Could he possibly be one to beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series? I know it seems very unlikely, but, you know, there's always a way to expect the unexpected in WWE. Well, and this is the thing, we're going to find that out later tonight but luckily for us we have got some backstage news on Daniel Bryan yeah and what led to Bryan's heel turn and WWE title win well according to Dave Meltzer Bryan came up with the idea to turn heel several weeks ago and Vincent Mann made a decision to go through with it on Tuesday well Meltzer added the decision was to have the yes man beat stars for the title was made last weekend. Brian has long spoken about his desire to face Lesnar and wrestling fans will be treated to one of the biggest dream matches imaginable Later on tonight. Well, the decision to hotshot the hill turn Padre to Lynch and overdraw from a scheduled slice of his match against Ronda Rousey could have been a major downer for the brand, particularly how hot Lynch has been. Well, turning Brian Hill and giving him the title ended the show in jaw-dropping fashion and built excitement, not only for Sunday's pay-per-view, but also for the eventual explanation of his actions. And can I just say, Brock Lesnar was supposed to face Jinder Mahal last year, ended up facing AJ Styles. He was all geared up to face AJ Styles this year. No, he's facing Daniel Bryan. Face so, Daniel next Bryan. Year. so next year he's going to be all geared up to face Daniel Bryan and face, I don't know, some fucking job I like, Jinder Mahal. Bobby Roode. Um, well, whether fans are willing to boo Bryan as desired or his cats becomes a mirror image of Lynch who fans embrace despite a heel turn, it's a question that bears watching in the first few weeks of the new champion's journey. 
and there's been a bit of heat on Nia Jax. And reports saying Jax has heat on her following the hard right hand that broke Lynch's nose and gave her a concussion like Raw. Well, it's easy to assign blame for Jax for the injury, but the heat at the moment, when intensity is that high and everyone is trying to make the hugely important segment look good for television cameras, it was likely an accident. With that said, Jax has had issues in the past with sloppiness, particularly a moment in which she dropped the wrong knee while executing a backbreaker on Oscar, nearly hurting the Empress of Tomorrow in the process. Yeah, sure enough, her work will prevent accidents like that from happening and spare the type of heat she currently has on her. And we've got an update on Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Yeah, apparently, uh, Randall Altman of Cage Size Seats advertised for the next Springs European Tour suggests Nakamura will be sticking with the company when his contract runs out. Well, this is a welcome report in that for as long as he's been on the main roster at this point, he still feels though the WWE creative have not even scratched the circuit surface of what Nakamura is capable of. Yes, the language barrier is probably holding him back from a achieves the same greatness of the, but the King Strong style such a natural charisma about him doesn't have to say much to connect with the audiences. Yeah, his match tonight with Rollins is the first opportunity since series of AJ styles to show a sceptical W audience what a big deal is with Nakamura. Hopefully he can silence critics, turn that into one performance fans he's capable fuck it. And do really well here tonight, Dan. You're a huge fan of Nakamura, aren't you? I am, yes. Yeah. Of him coming into the NXT. I think he's been great in NXT. He's not kind of reached the surface he should have done in WWE. I don't know whether that's because he's overshadowed by other people, but I don't know. I'm not sure a Hill Nakamura's working, though, because he's still like majorly over with the fans. And I think it works better when he's got fans on his side. He comes out and he tries to talk, but he can't because they're just still singing his theme tune for about five minutes after he's entered the ring. Yeah, exactly. And it's not been like that since he's returned, so we'll see if they can improve it here. Yeah, Brian versus Lesnar was originally supposed to happen in 2015. The plan at the time was for Lesnar to run over Brian. That time, it looks like Brian will be feuding with AJ Styles after the series. That would not make sense for Lesnar to destroy the WWE champion, Top Hill, on SmackDown. So, let's move on now to injuries. Well, he was supposed to be facing Shizuki fucking Nakamura for the US title on October the 30th. Instead of appearing on SmackDown in Atlanta... However, Ty Dillinger is reportedly in Birmingham, Alabama, getting ready to undergo surgery on an injured hand. Well, W broke the news of both the injury and the cancellation of the bout with Nakamura. The perfect Tian hurt his hand on the Monday house show in Macon, Georgia, which word is already prepping for operation. Yes, neither source provided any information on the exact nature of the injury or a timetable for his rehabilitation and return. Well, it's good news for WWE fans as the popular Alexa Bliss had rejected suggestions she may be forced to retire from wrestling. Bliss' real name, Lexi White, took to Twitter after him and circulated she may never wrestle again after suffering a number of concussions. Having not wrestled since October 19th, many have wondered what the future looks like for Bliss, who appears confident that she will return. I'm not going anywhere, she wrote on Twitter, teaming the caption with an Arnold Schwarzenegger gif. Well, Jason Jordan has been out of action since late January and his chance for an in-ring return seems to decrease with every passing month. At first, we expected that they would be back in the fall and there were plans to team up again with Chad Gable. That changed when it was realised his next year's issues were worse than originally thought. Well, these days, WWE is extremely careful when dealing with wrestlers that have had head and neck issues. Jordan has been doing backstage work for the company so that he can return to the ring one day. However... 
as it was noted on Wrestling Observer Radio, things are not looking good for him. Well, Meltzer said the following about Jordan. I don't know what is for sh- over for sure, but it's been a long time. He's been out 10 months. Is that about right? It's been a long time. Obviously not a good sign that he's been out for this long. Well, Jordan and Rollins dropped the Raw Tag Team title in January. It was around that time when WWE began pulling back on what they could do, on what he could do in the ring. In February, Kurt Angle sent him home as a storyline cover because he needed neck surgery. The plan was for him to wrestle Rollins at WrestleMania and they were going to continue the father-son storyline with Angle, but everything was dropped due to his neck issues. Well, Triple H has opened up recent undergoing surgery to repair a torn right pectoral muscle after suffering the injury at the Crown Jewel event. The operation was done by Dr. Jeffrey Dugas at Andrew Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Centre in Birmingham, with a belief he'll be anywhere from five to nine months. It's unfortunate injury due to rumours about he could face Batista at WrestleMania 35. Obviously, this injury put those potential plans in jeopardy. Well, during a media conference call on Wednesday to promote this Saturday or last night's WWE NXT TakeOver War Games event in LA uh, at the Staples Centres on the network, Triple H gave an update on his recovery. He said, I had surgery a week ago. Yes, that's Tuesday, November 6th. Everything is feeling good. Um, and immobilizing on the road to recovery. It's just rehab, rehab, rehab. I will be back, but that doesn't stop this machine from rolling, and it's business as usual. I'll be headed to LA to begin preparations for what is a very exciting takeover. And now we move on to deaths. Yes. And wrestling legend and Shawn Michaels' former manager, Jose Lafario, has died. The NWA Hall of Famer has passed away aged 83, with the cause of death is still unknown. Well, Lafario is famous in WWE's icons, HBK's corner, as he defeated Bret Hitman Hart at WrestleMania 12 in an Ironman match to claim his first world title. He had trained Michaels, widely regarded as the best in-ring performer of all time as a youngster during the 1980s. Speaking to W Magazine back in 96, HBK said, I think every young boy lived in Texas knew who Jose Lafario was. I first saw him on TV when I was 12. He was the first superstar to come across my scene screen. He is a legend in San Antonio, Cuba, Mexico, just about everywhere. Well, WWE later released a statement which read, WWE stands to learn that Jose Lefavre has passed away at age 83. In the WWE sanctioned championship while competing at WrestleMania, Lefavre, born Guadalupe Robilido, on December 12, 1934, made a lasting mark on the WWE Universe by simply agreeing to train a cocky teenager from San Antonio, Texas. A cocky teenager that grew up to become WWE Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So, I mean, that is sad news there. And that is nearly us for the show. I mean, we were going to analysis of the car, but unfortunately we have kind of run out of time. We just had a cracking first kickoff match there between Raw and and SmackDown, uh, but let's just run through the card quickly, and let's start from top to bottom, because we had Raw versus SmackDown, didn't we, uh, the tag team title match that we had, we, we had. what other match have we got after that, Dan? Um, we've got Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, we've got Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight title, we've got Team Raw women, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, um, it's found out that Natalia and Ruby Riot aren't going to be there, they've been replaced by uh, Bailey and Banks. You got the Authors of Pain versus the Bar. Um, you've also got the men's Team Raw match uh, going against men's Team SmackDown match. Yeah, which features loads of great talent. You have got Seth Rollins versus Nakamura. Um, who else is there? 
Lesnar. Oh, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. So what, out of all those matches, Dan, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Seth Rollins versus Shinzuki Nakamura. Well, we shall see if it pays off. If it's anything like the first match we saw on kickoff, it should be great. And it'll be great news if the Cruiserweight title match is on uh, Survivor Series main show as opposed to being pushed over to 205 Live. We shall see. Uh, but Dan, what have you thought? What are your hopes? What your one hope for Survivor Series here tonight? I hope we get some very good matches. I think the Team Raw Men's versus Team SmackDown is going to be a very good match as well. Oh, I hope it is. And uh, the Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, I think that's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got loads coming up uh, the next couple of weeks to the couple of months before, you know, I say before Christmas. Christmas is needed upon us now. Uh, we've got the UK special and the Mixed Match Challenge next month, along with the podcast extra we're doing for 205 Live. And also in December, Dan? Um, also in December, WNR for December versus... WWE versus WCW. Yeah, there's two of our favourite podcasts, aren't there? We've got the WWE Network View for the month and WWE versus WCW. We're going to have Starcade as well as our pay-per-view. We're going to have the Christmas special. The WWE pay-per-view that happens in December. And, of course, the New Year special as well. So there's a lot of stuff come for the WNR podcast. But we'd just like to thank everybody for the support on a couple of live shows that we've done. Uh, it's been good, Dan, hasn't it? You enjoyed it? It has, yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, hopefully the pay-per-views live up to the hype we've given them. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, we'll be back live in uh, January for the Royal Rumble and the TakeOver event beforehand. But we will be releasing Survivor Series. We're hoping to release it tomorrow night. It sees how much sleep I get before we actually get Survivor Series. I'm hoping for Monday. It might be Tuesday. But it'll definitely be with you soon. Of course, then TakeOver at the weekend, everything that goes into that. But that's it, Dan. Anything else about the whole show? Nope, that is everything. All right, well, so before we go, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network View or... At Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. We're across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast, where we've got all clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube to do other places like... On your phone. Also on Speaker Radio, we've got live shows now. Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. As always, I've been joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you for Survivor Series proper. Bye. Bye. Of course, my name is James Rowland, so I forgot to say that. Bye. Bye.